Hello, and welcome to True Horrors with Meg and Rachel. Every week we discuss a horror film and the true stories that inspired, influenced, or bear striking resemblance to them. Be warned for spoilers and adult themes. I'm Meg. And I'm Rachel. This is True Horrors. Welcome to the Extravaganza. Yay! We did it. All things, all things it. We mastered um, an intro. We you did. did. I was here to ruin it again. I mean, I um I practiced. I was like, we, we're gonna start this one off. Um, I'd like to first let everyone know that we are in August 2020. Um, <laughs> we the the length of this first season has covered two years um of recordings, but I wanted you to know we if you're you know listening to these in order, you have we have semi caught up with you. Yeah with life. Yes. We are still speaking to from the past, but just the very recent past. Recent, yeah. Yep. Enough that you're not listening to us and thinking, oh, you poor summer children. There's so much we want to tell you <laughs> about 2020 that we can't. Yeah, we already know. We're there. We're living it. We're now, we're now right there with all of you. We hope that you have enjoyed this season. And now we're doing our 13th episode, the finale, which is all things it. Um, so we watch both. What I, I always say the 1990s version and the 2000s version, even though it came out in obviously 2017, 2019, I always think of it as like the, it's like Fantasia. Yeah. Like Fantasia. Yeah. It 2000. It 2000. I always call them the mini series. And then I don't really have a word for the new ones, but. Um, I think we just get right into it, but as always, um, folks, we are going to discuss things we probably should have before this. Are we going chronologically or are we going to go newest to oldest? I think I figured we'd attempt to start with the mini series and things would go off the rails and we would just go from there. Um, perfect. But most Absolutely importantly, perfect. I need to start with an anecdote. And I think I told you this not that long ago, so I think you know what's coming. <laughs> so... We've established already that I'm afraid of clowns. I don't like them. Um, if I know they're coming, it's like not a big deal, but they do like, I'm just like, no, you stay over there. And it's because of the, the mini series. And I like to tell a joke that maybe I was just scared of Tim Curry and I overgeneralized the fear to clowns. Um, because I actually did have a problem with Tim Curry for a good long while. Like even outside of this role, I'd be like, I don't, I don't trust this guy, but I don't know why I don't trust this guy. <laughs> but Anyway, my mother tells a story when I was very young. I don't remember it. So I was born in 1991. Apparently, we go into the bookstore in the mall, and there is a big display for, you know, because the once a movie version of a book comes out, they change the cover to, you know, to be pictures from the movie. So there was a big display of this book and Pennywise, and I lost my goddamn mind. I just started screaming. And I refused to walk past this thing, which wouldn't have been so bad, except we were in the store and we had to go past it to go out of the store. <laughs> so apparently I didn't see it on the way in, but. Rachel, um, give people an idea. Were you stroller age? Were you, you don't know. You never said. Um, I assume I was walking and I've asked her how she ended up getting me out of the store and she doesn't remember. She's like, I guess I just 
picked you up and <laughs> took you past it but oh I like to think I've always liked to think of Rachel as in a since she told me the story is like in a stroller and non-verbal and just like got her like Cheerios or whatever and then she's just <laughs> screaming and there's just like this baby just pointing and screaming like <laughs> like she recognizes it like she's seen it in her dreams <laughs> there he is mom but she can't express it because she doesn't have the words only screams there's a good chance that is true. Like, again, it came out in 1990. I was born in 91 and I don't remember it. So what a, what a great segue. Um, I'm going to say this a lot probably, but let's just start it off. I was born in 1990. I don't remember for the first time seeing this movie. I have sort of a fuzzy recollection of seeing it with my sister. Um, but one thing that is very prominent that Rachel knows is I, my childhood me was in love with Mike and adult me is still in love with Mike, but it's different because like I was in love with both child and adult Mike in the 1990s. I was just in love with him because I was very young. Like right. I was a child. Um, I still, when I watch this, it's like, you know, anything when you're a kid and you're remembering having a crush on this, you know, other person, but watching it and watching adult Mike, like the second he came on screen, I was like, hell yeah. Like <laughs> he was boss. Like the the adult Mike in this movie is the MVP in the yeah. original miniseries. He is, I loved, in case you're wondering why, I don't know how you'd be wondering why. Like, did we watch the <laughs> same movie? He he lived in the he uh he worked in the library. He lives in the library in the new one. Yes. But he um works at the library and he's the history guy like i knew the exact moment we're jumping ahead a little bit in the mini series when i was like oh that's when childhood me was like that's my future husband and that's when he gets up to give that report and he's like i'd like to report you all the horrible things that have happened in this city in this little town all of the deaths and i was just like that's it that's the moment he was just like here's history for you um so I loved, I loved Mike. And then when the new series came out, when the new movie came out and they cast the adult version and I saw that movie, I was like, and the crush continues like adult Mike, there you go. Just being the boss. I think I, I like the lighthouse keeper thing. I think I yeah. liked like the nobility of the fact that he stayed behind in the first one mm -hmm. and the second one, but we're trying at least attempting to stay on one movie at a time. But I really liked I really felt like he was very noble. Like they right. even bring it up at one point that like they all left and had these wildly successful mm -hmm. professional lives, not so much personal, all of them, no. and we'll get to it. Um, but Mike stayed behind and he suffered for it. Mm -hmm. And I loved that too. <laughs> I loved that new nobility. I loved that so nobility for you. It really is. And considering how young I probably was when I saw this movie, it was like, it was from jump. I was just like, oh, he stayed behind and he called them all. Mm -hmm. And like, and he has a book full of history. Like, that's it. That's all yep. I wanted. Leave yep. that town and find me, Mike. Yeah. Um, why don't, why don't we start just from jump from the 1990s now that we've both told our anecdotes mm -hmm. um, about what we took away. Rachel took a fear of clowns. I took a love for men who love history. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wrote, my God, I love this movie. Like at the intro, I was just like, 
I love this movie. I love the black and white and the pictures of all of them. Mm -hmm. I think that just you're already starting out with knowing exactly what this movie's about. I also loved in the title sequence when it said special appearance by Tim Curry. Truly a special (laughs) appearance. (laughs) Truly special is the word I would describe what this appearance is. That's one name for it. Um, okay, so I think the the hardest part with sticking to one movie is there's comparisons that need right. to be made. That's why I said um, it was going to go off the rails right away. But I love I prefer the traditional clown look for mm-hmm. it. It's a weird sentence to say, but I prefer the traditional clown look um, because I think there's something sinister about it, and you don't have to make it look more scary. Um, you know, what's funny is I literally never thought about it. I was like, hate it, hate them both. Go away. (laughs) Rachel's like, did they look different? Did they? (laughs) Rachel only sees clowns in terror. She cannot differentiate between clown. No, that's not true because Krusty the clown has never bothered me. It's definitely, there are definitely things about clowns that bother me more. And it's, basically based on tim curry's look it's the red nose and the red hair that's what bothers me like rainbow wigs don't bother me as much but so i i do there is a hierarchy in clown terror for me which the the terror scale i would say terror is overstating it a little bit like i'm not that two-year-old child screaming in the bookstore anymore like i'm almost 30 um I just don't like them now and they do cause an increase in anxiety. When we were in college, didn't one of our friends show you a surprise clown and you screamed? Yeah, and I jumped back on my bed, but I got away from the situation. Surprise, you got away from the image. (laughs) I I was just saying it's surprise clowns, which you sort of established in the beginning. Like if you, it's surprise clowns. Also, Um, I'd like to point out, that's one of the reasons we're not friends with that person anymore. It really is though. Because she would surprise clown. Yes. Um, I I want to just say up front, I love both these movies. Both these Same. movies, I think, are well done. I just say that because I think there's going to be a lot of comparisons I draw that are favorable to the 1990 movie. But I think that's because the 1990 movie is so my vibe for right. horror movies that that's more what it's about. Like, I would still die for all the children in every version of this. I wrote that multiple times that I would die for these children. I love them. But I love the flashback device. And they Mm -hmm. use it in the second, in part two. Mm -hmm. But I just love that. Like, I I think it's so cool. You do. You love a story told out of order. I do love a story told out of order because it's like they just keep saying it and it's back and then you just get a little piece, little mm-hmm. piece. I love a story told out of order. Um, I would well, love to watch a super cut of the new movie told out of order. <laughs> um, well, the thing is, I feel like there was this whole thing in 2017 where I think they were trying to make you think that there was only going to be one movie. Because at the very end, it's, you know, they mentioned that the story continues. And like, I remember being in the theater and people like making some sort of surprise noise. And I'm like, did you plebeians not know there was going to be a sequel? Like, this was not a secret. Like, they told us this. But I guess people didn't follow the news as closely as I did. No, that's 
it's really bizarre to me that that someone would would think that they um, did like i i remember it it was so weird and i have things on that but i am going to save them to when we get because i have things about about that ending um then i wrote mike the love of my life because he's the first um he's the first loser we see and he's the voiceover um in that and the cops oh yeah oh, I, I did you we're going in too? we're going in order by the way so if i skip ahead rachel mm -hmm. and, and there's anything you had as we're going but we're just going in order um, honestly i didn't write down a whole lot like i did it for a little while but then i was like i don't know what to write i could literally play this movie in my head like oh yeah so. i can definitely well i tried to write things that were more like not just making fun of it but things that are like <laughs> probably things that because it's such a good movie you gloss over but how about the cops thinking these children wandered off yes i wrote down kids get itchy feet and i mean while that's technically a true sentence not in the way he means it no this, and he's like five-year-old like they just Remember when you were five and you got a sudden wanderlust and just had to go without telling your parents anything and you left your bike tipped over? You were Not just like tipped over, but I was that child who wandered I mean, off. I, that is true. I was a real wanderer. I did. <laughs> I did have itchy feet and they said, oh, you want me to go that way? But I think I see something shiny over there. <laughs> we're getting ahead. But as a child, it would have ate me so fast. I would have been so dead in this movie as a child. <laughs> it would have been like, hey, do you want to come over here? And I'd be like, sure. And they'd be like, I have. And I'm like, stop selling. <laughs> like, you want me to come somewhere else? I'm going to follow you. Uh, I had real intense social anxiety as a child and as an adult, so I would not have gone anywhere near a stranger. Okay, but you have to think it wouldn't be a clown for you. It would well, be something you would have liked because when it's trying to like pull you away. I'm also imagining that this is a world where this movie doesn't exist, so I'm not afraid of clowns. Mm. Um, but even so, I I would not talk to strangers as a child. Like I would not do it. Like when we would go see my extended family on holidays, it would take like 30 minutes before I would talk to them. Like this, this thing never would have gotten anywhere near me. Um, that's fair. Um, I was the child who would jump in the ball pit at McDonald's, pull out a child and then introduce them to my mother as my new best friend. So I would have been so dead in this the movie. Deadest. Uh, I, again, one of my, my, like my favorite, not to be too like pretentious about it, but my, one of my favorite characters in this movie is the town of Derry. <laughs> like they make a yes, King well. makes a big point that Derry is its own character. Mm -hmm. And I just, they really hit it hard in the 1990 version yes. that there's something wrong with this town that it has infected the town. Mm -hmm. in a way that causes people to turn away and not want to see it, that causes adults not to want to see it. And mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, the secret villain of this movie is the bystander effect. Yes, perfectly put, Rachel. Thank you. I don't think I wrote that one down. I was like, I'm just gonna log that away. And then I wrote, the town has to matter because why do people stay here because like that's the thing is that like yes there's a there might be a poverty element for some of them but not right. all of them right like but they stay 
be here because the town has them kind of hypnotized mm -hmm. and not see it because why would you stay when there's so much like child murder mm -hmm. like how, like even one murdered child can sometimes cause people to leave a town if it goes unsolved i want to point out not just child murder but like random freak accidents yes like tons of those i i'm just to go in a completely different direction one thing that's interesting to note when you watch them side by side is that in the miniseries bill's friends and loved ones make fun of his stutter so much more than pennywise does in the new ones like what the hell is wrong with the 1990 like leave that poor child alone well they also really hit on the head why these like they're just kind of like outcasts in the new one but mm -hmm. they really hit on the head that the reason that these kids are outcasts that they're considered losers are like his stutter that she's poor that he's jewish that he's black that he has glasses that he has asthma like it's all things not just that, that like he has glasses that he has glasses and is incapable of shutting his mouth for even a second oh well yes but that's yeah but they call him four eyes when they're um naming like why they're all like the bullies do and that like why they're true. all meant to be together that's what i meant as far mm -hmm. as hitting the nail on the head is that like they have to say all these labels whereas like they don't really bring up those kind of identity things as mm -hmm. to why they're considered to be losers in the new one i think because it's not the 90s anymore yeah it the 90s miniseries has a definite after school special vibe to it with like everyone has their like two-dimensional identity that they stay in the first person he calls is Bill, and I have a lot of problems with the fact that Bill is supposed to still be considered the heartthrob with that hair <laughs> and the fact that Mike exists. I want to point out that is, I don't know where people got this idea because that's really not how he was portrayed in the novel. Like, he's not. He is just, he's not supposed, I mean, I, we can't even blame it on the casting of the 2019 one because they're all incredibly attractive human beings oh i wrote that down like, we, we need to talk about that <laughs> we need to talk about the fact that those kids are supposed to be losers and every one of those kids is cooler than i've ever been in my life like, we need all, to talk like, about so that classically like symmetrical and <laughs> they're movie stars and they're dressed and they're dressed pretty nice like like beverly is the coolest person i've ever met as a mm -hmm. child before yes. you even get her to be an adult i'm just like <laughs> but again we're getting ahead of ourselves but it's different with her because it's not that she's not cool it's that she has a reputation which right. we will get to how many <laughs> how much of a problem i have with that right like because she does not have that like that's not a thing that is i don't know if it's a thing in the book rachel's the only one of us that have read the book but in the mini series it's just that she's poor mm -hmm. and i don't and her dad's the janitor of the school yes i don't remember on look that book is over a thousand pages long and unnecessary a lot of things happen in that book yeah we're really more of a movie so we're really more focusing on the movies mm -hmm. um for a lot of reasons um but yeah i've always had a problem with bill's hair but i don't like men with long hair <laughs> yes. so i also have a problem with that but um also is this their anniversary why are candles lit she lit uh, like she lit candles for this dinner he didn't show up to and so I was like, is this just a normal thing? Are you super fancy? What are you trying to tell me? I mean, it is storming. Maybe the power went out for a little while and then it came back on and she was like, well, I'm not blowing out all these candles now. 
That's true. Also, I wrote in the 2019 version, Justice for Audra. Yes. Because they give her like, they give her like one scene Mm -hmm. and it's just like, whereas in this one, she's ride or die for her husband, despite the fact that he is acting so weird. Mm -hmm. Like he gets off the phone and she's like, who is it? And he's like, no one. And then I wrote, and this is how a normal person acts. (laughs) And then he's just like, because he's so he's acting so weird Mm -hmm. and she's like normal and it's just like hey husband who I love and who loves me do you want to tell me what's going on and he's like my brother was murdered (laughs) and I just remembered it I mean I will say she does come back at him with why are you stuttering like that which I don't know if you know anything about a stutter but anxiety makes it worse don't yell at people when they're stuttering Well, I thought the reason she said that is I kind of got the feeling that once he left the town, he didn't stutter anymore. So it was like, it wasn't like, why are you, why are you stuttering? Like, it was more like, if you suddenly started stuttering that much, I'd be like, what's happening right now? Because you don't have a stutter. I'm just saying they could have changed the dialogue a little bit. Oh, they really could have. They could (laughs) have helped her out. Um, I wrote down that I love the look of this because first of all, it's the nineties, mm-hmm. but also it's a mini series. So like the new version is also very like, I guess the best word to describe would be glossy in the way everything is in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And so I love how like real this looks, um, right. because it's so, I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's sort of like stand by me with more murder. Yes. Yep. And 50% more clowns. A hundred percent. I was gonna say, I think it's more than a hundred percent. I I don't remember any clowns in Stand by Me. I don't either, but I kind of wanted to leave that out there, and people would be like, <laughs> "Are there the clowns in clown? that movie?" Yeah. <laughs> um, I also hated my basement as a child, which I think is a universal thing. Yeah. Like at this point, as an adult, I don't think I'd ever want to live anywhere with a basement or an attic. Like I find them both very disturbing, and I never even had an attic. Um, I just assumed someone would live up there. Yeah. My parents very kindly didn't put anything. Well, we had, we had a cellar, like a a straight up cellar. Um, So honestly, the reason we probably didn't put anything down there is you actually had to go outside to get into it. Um, We only went down there if a tornado was threatening to murder us. Um, So that's another reason I didn't like it, but no, 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 I hate it. Um, I wrote Tim Curry is king and he owns this role. True. Like the second he popped up, I was like, yeah, like I love this it. Like Mm -hmm. I love him because like, I just like, there's so much trolling he does Mm -hmm. and so much he does. That's just creepy and not scary. And you know, I love creepy. Mm -hmm. Um, Also overall, there's a lot of stuff, both because of like the time and because it's a movie, that it's like things in the 2000s version are just more, if that makes sense. Like Georgie's death is off screen. We don't see him with an arm ripped off right. screaming and being dragged down into the pit, but we still know. Um, right. I also like that he's just dead as opposed to missing. I know that adds like this idea with Bill and the new one that like he can find his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the, you know, I, I don't think the bill in the original series needed that motivation. I don't really think either of them do because like revenge or justice, I think is, is enough of a motivation, especially for a child. Yes. So like this extra, I mean, he might be down there thing is 
kind of superfluous. I felt like in the 2000 version, they gave them all motivations that I did not need. Like mm -hmm. in the 1990s version, it's just enough that this clown kills people. It doesn't yes. have to be specifically like to them in any way. Right. Um, like they added that Bill blamed himself because he lied about being sick. And right. I didn't need that. Nope. Like it was just enough that he's his big brother. Right. Like it's just enough that his little brother was murdered. Like mm -hmm. I, he, I didn't need that mm -hmm. as much. Um, and like, again, I, um, don't want to get too much into the second movie, but like the whole idea that it was going to force them basically to kill themselves, that they had something inside of them. The 1990s version didn't need that. They just knew kids were being killed yes. and they were going to stop it. Like, why did we have to give, why did we have to give them like, oh, if they don't have a personal motivation to stay, there's no way they would do it. Yeah, like, I, I feel I like didn't it kind of kind of chip chips away at like, or like weekends, both like their individual characters and their bond. Because like, yes. that's one of like the core themes of this story is that that bond that you forge with your friends when you're young, which um, I can't relate to because I'm not friends with any of those motherfuckers anymore and I never would be. But uh, some of them are actually not that bad. But, but that's one of the core themes. So by adding this extra thing that like, ah, well, you're, you're gonna die sooner than you would think is so weird. And I, I don't know, they could have saved that screen time just to not have or they could have put it towards something else. I almost feel like it's like not trusting your audience, mm -hmm. like, or it's a thing with who, who doing the screen adaptation. Like they thought to themselves, why would you stay here? And the idea of like, because you made a promise is mm -hmm. like not, or that like kids are dying, like this thing's gonna keep doing this is mm -hmm. not enough. Or they didn't think we would think it was enough. Or it's like watching the 1990s, I'm like, none of them are like hyped to do this except right. maybe bill but like yes. they all still and like i did i i think it does do something to their bond and to them to be like we're only staying here because otherwise we're gonna die like yeah, i didn't need it i feel like they're going for like so there's like this trend toward i guess a grittier way of telling stories and using this whole, oh, our friendship is just a little bit magical kind of runs counter to that. Like, I kind of feel like they probably didn't want to include that because again, you can't tell a gritty story about the magic of friendship. I mean, no, I mean, fair. I get why, I get why they, I disagree, but I get it. I um, mean, when you're the person, the kind of person who wants to tell a gritty story, that's your reasoning. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, but that's not um, how we're not the ones making movies not yet um don't put that pressure uh, on me i know they i like that the adults don't see the blood but they spread it mm -hmm. i think that's really a powerful image also when the dad's like why were you in here maybe because he missed his baby brother yes. like what do you mean why is he in here <laughs> what please stay out of our shrine to your little brother like everyone in every parent in the in the reboot 
is worse than every parent in the OG, but they're still all terrible. Mm -hmm. Like I know that they, like some of them are off screen and that means they're not as terrible. Right. But they're still all pretty like either indifferent or like abusive, whereas they're all like super abusive um, Mm -hmm. in the reboot. But yeah, then I wrote a bunch of things that just like go harder in the reboot. Like the fact that they actually cut an H into Ben's stomach, Mm -hmm. um, Georgie's death. The fact that it's the fact that she's being sexually abused by her father and it's not just a control thing. Right. Where it's like he's physically abusive and clearly controlling of her. Mm -hmm. It's sexual. And like, I also didn't super need that. Like, I also don't understand like that as a thing you got to blame Stephen King for that one um it just yeah it just goes harder a lot of it uh Mm -hmm. I also wrote down these kids in this class do not look the same age like what is this class I I don't know because also we know for a fact that Eddie says he's 11 so would that put him in the sixth grade or seventh grade and we know I mean, it really depends on when his birthday is because they're supposed to be, which they make them older in the reboot, but they're Mm -hmm. supposed to be 11 in Mm -hmm. this one. And so 11, 12, I think they're 10 in the novel. So they're they're 11. They keep getting older. They do. They change their age in every single one. (laughs) They're 11, 12 in this one. And then they're 12, 13 Mm -hmm. in the new one. But we know that, like I wrote down at one point, I'm like, if you're old enough to drive a car, you're too old to be making fun of these kids. Yes. Like, don't you, oh my God. I, I remember being 16 and I definitely was not worried about what 10 to 13 year olds were doing. Absolutely not. I also wrote Beverly looks, um, like a normal 11 year old in this again mm-hmm. as opposed to the beverly in the reboot who looks so cool <laughs> like so just cool. so beyond anything <laughs> like um but they all look like they're all still young hollywood actors right in the 1990s um but they look a little bit more their age mm-hmm. which i think is less to do with like it's just how casting overall has gone right then i wrote is this really why they hate her at least they have some kind of as terrible and sexist as it is at least they have some kind of backstory in the reboot whereas this one is just that her dad's the janitor but i guess it was the 60s yeah and i mean i don't think kids ever really have good reasons for being mean to one another they just do it so true kids are so true Kids are just mean, but I did think like, it's very weird how mean they are. But then I guess that's part of the town. Mm-hmm. Like everyone in here is so dialed up. It kind of reminds me of that uh, that Halloween movie where in the beginning they're making fun of her for being an orphan. Halloween 4. Yeah, so I was just like, are they, is that why they hate her? Is that why they're bullying her? I think about that all the time, just as a side note. Which, yeah, in real life, kids are just mean and they just, you know, someone gets picked and whatever. Mm -hmm. But I feel like they try to give you a justification in the movie and it's very weird, like how different the justifications Mm -hmm. are. They really show 
the years in between as to what exactly is the reason this little girl is an outcast. Right. Um, oh, when Bill, when they're talking about the dam and um, he keeps saying you and Bill's like we when we do it. Yes. And I was like, I will also die for these children. You know what I wrote about that scene is I think that's the first scene where they actually had to pay for the music they used. When they were actually building the dam, not when they're talking about building it. Did you notice how, how much uh, non-copyrighted music is in this movie? <laughs> I did. I really did. <laughs> Just with some notable exceptions, yes. <laughs> Which I guess you can get away with because like the carnival theme, like it's okay and like kind of like makes sense that that's Pennywise's theme. Mm -hmm. Just like generic carnival music. I'm sure it has a name. I, oh, probably. But also, you really get the sense just from everything that the budget for this movie was approximately four dollars. Like, and Tim Curry got all of it. No one else Curry got, got paid. All of it. <laughs> I mean, deservedly so. I think the reason I love this movie so much also is just what a life-changing experience it is. Like maybe there mm -hmm. are kids right now who are gonna see the new it and it's gonna like be a moment in their lives but i'm not even afraid of clowns but i definitely think this is an early like horror movie mm -hmm. um moment for me like right. one of the earliest i can remember where i enjoyed it right we have talked about this obviously separately but i find the idea that they forget to be really unnecessarily cruel i agree I I love that change in the 2019 one. I love it. Like 10 for 10 would recommend. Mm -hmm. Like it's unnecessary at the end of the movie. In the middle of the movie, I get it as a plot. Like right. I get it. And it does make me really sad though, because the two characters that are most affected by not having their memories are Bev and Stan. Mm -hmm. Because uh, their memories really like gave them strength and that even in the new one it's even more prominent that they've mm -hmm. basically fallen back in with their abusers or gone on to repeat the pattern right. of abuse by like picking uh partners just like their abusers and it's super upsetting to see and then when they start remembering it's like they start remembering like the things that may have put them towards a different path also i'm gonna say this so people can stop screaming at home you said Stan, but you clearly meant Eddie. One hundred percent. Thank you. I just, thank I, you. I meant Eddie. Yes. I don't know why I wrote Stan. I think because I was just thinking about how sad I am about Stan. Everybody's yes, sad about obviously, Stan. Obviously, obviously, I meant Eddie. Thank you, Rachel. Yes. Everyone. Yes, Eddie is the <laughs> one who. Eddie and Bev are the ones who, like, again, they still have abusive parents in the OG, mm -hmm. but they just dial that abuse up mm -hmm. so much in the reboot. It's so upsetting. And then it makes it even more upsetting that they don't remember. Yes. And then it makes it even more upsetting that Eddie doesn't get a happy ending in either. Like both of them are just, will. I keep saying we'll get to that and we will, but like we could have an entire podcast about not how ready. Rachel and I are not like, like all the changes they made to 2019, they couldn't give us a lip, fine, whatever, fine. Well, yeah, I'm not ready to get that. We have to really build up to that, like. Yes. Um, 
in the 2019 one, they at least give you some context as to why Bev would think Bill wrote that. But mm-hmm. in the time of their friend, like where they are in their friendship when she gets it, it makes no sense that she thinks it's Bill. It's just because she's a little girl and has a crush on Bill yes. that she wants it to be Bill. But like logically, it makes sense that it could be bill in the reboot because they have a more of an established bond it gets the postcard gets put in her bag when they're all swimming Mm -hmm. and so it makes sense but with her i'm just like you just like met him basically which i don't know how you keep meeting people you're you're like in a class with (laughs) like at no point is it like oh yeah i know you because we're in a class together um excuse me ben says that to beverly in the 2017 one Oh, I meant in the 1990, but exactly. No, the 1991, they do that all the time. In the um, in the reboot, they're really good about it, of actually referencing each other like they know each other, <laughs> like they live in a small town. But in the 1990s, they're just like, it is like, do you not see her? Is that part of the town? Like, she's like, sits behind you, I think. Do you not look behind you? Also, her father's the janitor and everybody knows it. <laughs> Yes, and it's not even like a funny moment with Ben where they're like, yeah, we know who Beverly is. We grew up here, Ben. It's never, it's like, and they have this eye contact moment like they're just meeting and it's childhood love at first sight. And I'm like, you're in the same class. <laughs> no, yeah. Ben from Soch. I, oh my God, I love that in the, in the reboot. I, <laughs> you just met. Um, her dad, like I, her dad's a dick in the first one Mm -hmm. but he is a monster in the second one and i'm just like ooh, they really they they felt the need to really dial that up like in a way that i do not think was necessary yeah in a in a movie that literally stars a clown he's the most terrifying character to me like Mm -hmm. every single time he appears on screen like my whole body just tenses up like and they just, I just, again, I don't think that was a necessary like dial up mm-hmm. because her, him being controlling and hitting her, that's, that's, that's enough. Like that's mm-hmm. more than enough again, as to show Beverly's character. I'm going to say you're going to have to blame Stephen King for that because it's implied in the book as well. Um, it was not dialed up to the way it was in the movie. So I'm not like totally defending the filmmakers there, but let's let's throw some of the blame back on who it belongs and that's Stephen King. Oh, definitely. Um, and for anyone at home who's wondering about it, obviously there are places and there are places on horror to, um, to have like allegory, Rachel, is that the word I'm thinking of? I don't think so. Where it's like an extended metaphor about, I, or like. Yes, that yes, is the word yes, you're thinking of. Yes, like for, for abuse and for any kind of thing like that. I just think that especially when it's um, a child and where it's something where it's like, it's not really necessary to the plot. Mm-hmm. Then I start being like, why is this here? Because you didn't need it for her to have an ethos in the OG. Mm-hmm. Like she had one. 
Like there's just, you know, it's very, and especially since everyone spends the 2017 movie sexualizing a child in a way that I find really like, I just kept writing, she's 11. And I was like, wait, she's not 11 in this one. She's 12. And then at some point it says she's 13. I'm like, she's 13. I'm like, either way, it's disturbing. She's a little girl. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's just a lot of that. And so it's like, there's not like any characters that are introduced that don't sexualize child Beverly. Right. And this is a thing that I kind of come to with this movie a lot, which is I see why they felt the need to include it. Um, I'll give a little Ted talk on the hate crime scene later. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's going to be very similar to this one where it's like, I see why they felt the need to include it. Because again, one of the core themes is growing up. And as a girl growing up, you learn that that's what men do to you. Um, But there's already so much else going on that like, and there are more subtle ways to do it. They like just take it to such a level that makes me so uncomfortable. Like- Also, I think you you run into it when you only have one woman. Yes. Then that also like, Mm -hmm. obviously Rachel and I both love the hell out of this but it is Smurfette to the 10th degree. There are barely women that exist, especially when you get rid of Audra. Mm -hmm. Like there are barely women that exist in this universe other than Bev. And like, so it's like, that's the only young girl experience. That's all you can expect your child. Like that is your childhood experience. Mm -hmm. Like at least the boys, they all have different because there's more of them. It's like, the metaphor about like baseball versus football. Right. Like if you're, if there's just only one female character, then it's a lot more pronounced. It's not like there's even two of them. Mm -hmm. Also, I know that we'll talk about this more when we go to the 2019, but I like to think that when Eddie accidentally knocked the popcorn, Richie dumped the soda. So he was the one who got the heat. Same. Like it was like definitely a going over the top for that reason um, to protect Eddie. Yes. That's, I mean, and again, that has some basis in the novel where, because again, because he's incapable of keeping his mouth shut for even a second, he's always pissing off Henry Bowers. And as a result, his friends are able to get away. Um, I would die for Richie. I would die for all of them, but first I would adopt. Well, I guess if I adopt him, I can't die for him anymore because then I have to be there for him to raise him. My, uh, it really fell apart here. Um, again, it's weird for me because like, as I, obviously I saw the 2017 version as an adult. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, you are all children, but it's weird watching the 1990s and like, they're all in that movie children. Like I'm like twice, almost twice their age, more Mm -hmm. than twice their age. And like, it's still, I feel this connection to them. Like they're Mm -hmm. older than me because when I experienced the movie, they were older than me. And so it's, that's, that's sort of that very interesting thing. So it's like, I feel like I want to adopt the reboot children, but I want to like be a part of the gang of the 1990 version. Like, it's like, I want to be one of them, but I don't feel that sense with the 1990s. I just don't, I don't even think 12 year old Meg could have, could have hanged like with them. No, I don't know that I'd want to. They do a lot of biking. I know. But I mean, so did I when I was younger. I just you didn't met, have like, sidewalks. Oh yeah, yeah. You're you're down in sidewalks. Um, 
No, I just meant their energy level. But again, I think I'm like bringing an adult energy level to him. Just like, I don't, I don't know if I could, I, I don't know if I could handle that amount of chaotic energy, but maybe at 12. At 12, I probably could have. There was a lot of chaotic you know energy now in my they friend group. say that, I'm like, I was kind of chaotic energy <laughs> as a child. I probably would have hung quite, quite nicely with that group, actually. Probably would have gotten the connection, would have been like, I met Stan, and I mean that Stan, like Stan at Temple. <laughs> we like are hanging out. And then it's like he introduces me to his group. I, yeah, I probably, like as an adult, it does seem like I'm like, oh, wow. But as a 12-year-old. I mean, that's what 12-year-olds are like, like. That's one thing we've given a lot of grief to the 2017 one, but one thing that they absolutely nail is what children are like. Um, oh, I wrote that. I'm like, these children act like children yes. and thank God for that. Also, like once we get to the 2017, 19, I'll be talking about all the positive things. Cause there's so many, I love those yes. movies, but it just like, we're kind of going to, I watched them in the opposite order. I ended with the 1990 version. Uh-huh. And so that's why a lot of my stuff is comparison because I had just watched the 2017, 2019, whereas it probably would be the other way around, but that's why my notes for these are a lot of comparisons. Mm -hmm. Um, That makes sense. But going back to this, the shower scene is iconic. Mm -hmm. I think to me, it's the most iconic scene. Mm -hmm. Like I love the fangs. Um, when he makes the, the, the drain bigger Mm -hmm. and just pops on out of there like the worst go forever (laughs) can you imagine a version of whack-a-mole but it's just tim curry's pennywise in drain pipes (laughs) what if it was a normal guacamole and then one and only one is tim curry and you don't realize it until you're how would you feel about that surprise clown Rachel would you whack it really hard yes I already have a weapon so like I'm I'm set like I would also scream like not like scream scream but like ah kind of scream (laughs) um I wrote I love in Richie's um not flash forward it's proper time but when he's talking to his agent and he's like done having the conversation and so he puts his glasses on like as a signal that he's done talking and then he should bring that back and then his agent runs up an entire flight of stairs as he storms out <laughs> it's hard to make a dramatic entrance when you have that many stairs uh-huh I wrote Mike's presentation and then I wrote my husband. Mm-hmm. It's also so interesting. It's not just that it's about disasters. It's that it's so interesting. And I love history. And as a child, I loved history. I was mm-hmm. always checking out stuff about like the Bermuda Triangle. Like I loved those kind of like, what is this? And he's like, you know, what's weird? All the death. And the teacher's like, oh, thanks, Mike. Sit down. <laughs> Oh, when Eddie says, it could just be some guy in a suit. And I'm like, he made the drain bigger. What the fuck are you talking about, Eddie? He made the drain bigger. You didn't just see, like, him standing there. Stop it. Look, look, I can, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak from the queer experience here. We're real good at denial and repression. (laughs) Could just be some guy. I was like, get it together. Like, then everyone was like, it's not some guy. I'm like, thank you, because it's not. It's um, not. See, the thing is, like, I know for 
movie purposes, someone had to say it. It should have been Stan because Stan was the one who hadn't seen it yet. It should have been anyone whose interaction didn't involve breaking a law of physics. <laughs> like, it should have been anyone but Eddie. And I wouldn't have been as like, what? That's going to be my Frankenstein reboot, how it ends. <laughs> um, he roars at them, which I appreciate. I'm like, ah, <laughs> why are you roaring? What are you? <laughs> It also makes sense that he targets them because if you have the idea that the town's indifference is part of what allows him to feed and grow, then their bond, which again, they can really hit on in the 90s version the way they don't in the 2000s, mm -hmm. their bond makes him a threat. Right. Or their, their bond makes them a threat to right. him. Right. And so it makes sense as to why he won't leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I think I wrote down the 2019 version. I'm like, or 2017. That's why I also I say 2000s because it's like, I know that obviously they have two years difference, but you know right. what I'm talking about too. Yep. Is that um, he like I feel like trolls them in that movie. I'm like, will you? Are you going to eat these kids or what are you doing? Like, there are just a lot of points where he just seems to be just like feeding off their fear, which I'm like, I don't know. They're very small. How how filling is their fear? Like, well, they're small, but children are more afraid of things. So there's more fear. Like, um, they oh, haven't learned emotional point. regulation yet. Also, it is kind of weird because I always got the impression, I don't know if it's like outright stated in the novel, it might be, but like, they just happen to get away is the thing. Whereas like in the, the 2017 one, they don't get away it's it stops chasing them it's like all right yes, yes i'm done now this was fun but like and then i think you know they do it in the 90s one too like they all just actually get away um so no that's exactly right is that they they just happen to get away whereas it seems like he's just screwing with them which i appreciate and think is really funny in the 2017 version but i'm also like what are you doing like are you just bored like i mean just just eat them like i guess, he, I guess it's the equivalent of like marinating a steak you know <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna make us sad now. Oh no! <laughs> Hold on, give me a second. Let me drink water. The thing that I'm making us sad about is Stan. Yeah. Um, it, it's he wanted to have kids, mm -hmm. and his wife will never understand what just happened, mm -hmm. why this happened. And I know that that's the same when um anyone dies by suicide, mm -hmm. but it's an entirely different level here. Right. Um they were talking about kids they just right. like they just planned a vacation they in the reboot mm -hmm. it's just so sad to me mm -hmm. i just it just bums me out bums me um, out so much and like the thing is in the 2019 one where you know he gets to send that letter and like it's actually a sacrifice that he made i'm like i don't i don't know that that makes me less sad about it like the changes that they've made, I'm like, I don't know that I'm less sad at the end. Well, I'm definitely more sad at the end of the 2019 one, but like, I don't know. I just don't feel like those changes make me any less sad. I don't think they necessarily make me more sad. Oh no. I but... definitely thought about that. I thought about how they've made some key changes that I'm like, 
this doesn't help. No. If anything, I'm sadder now. <laughs> like, because the idea that he consciously sacrificed himself, it makes me sadder mm-hmm. than the fact that like, it, like it does. Cause it's like, he literally saw the choices and was like, I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same. It's right. just, you've also added that he did it with an idea of like, but it, that's exactly the choice he made in the original mm-hmm. is that he just wasn't going back. Um, oh, they, there's at some point where someone says, what are you afraid of? And I'm like, I don't know the thing that's been murdering children. <laughs> like, even if you don't know that it's like a demon clown, you still know something's been kidnapping and killing children and mutilating them. Like that's what I'm scared of. Mm-hmm. Um, Stan is very clearly the least capable um, to, to, t- to handle this mm-hmm. emotionally in the OG. Mm-hmm. Like it's very clear that he's so black and white and literal right. and analytical that he can't handle it. Whereas I feel like in the reboot, they at least make, it seemed like Eddie can't emotionally handle it either. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, which is not super, like I'm going to talk about when we get to the reboot, how much of a badass Eddie is Good. and how they, they, they try to be like, like just because he's like kind of bitching about it, he's still down. Mm-hmm. Like he's still, he's still doing it. He's just also complaining, which fair. Richie um, complains just as much. In he both does of them. complain just as much. In both of them, he complains the whole time. Because again, he is incapable of shutting his mouth for even a second. All right, I'm going to help you kill this clown bill, but I'm going to complain about it the whole time. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, that's my vibe too. Like, I want you to know if you ever drag me down into sewers to kill a clown, I'm going to complain the whole time. I think that's fair. Um, I did also like when it goes down the drain when they've killed it mm-hmm. and Bill's like, let's go after it. And I said out loud, how, how? it went down a drain. <laughs> he did a forward flip into the drain. <laughs> Just amazing form. <laughs> That's um, I got to start working on like my gymnastics skills so I can get out of uncomfortable situations. Exactly like that. <laughs> That's my dream. Um, I appreciate that they just swear an oath and don't feel the need to make it a blood oath in this one. Every time I think about it, and I think you and I have a no blood packs pact. Yes. Like. Our word is our bond. Exactly. We don't need blood. We don't need blood or any other bodily fluids while we're at it. I love the grave scene. It's dark, Mm -hmm. but I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, Bill never brings it up until Stan is actually, they figure out he's dead. I'm like, were you not going to mention that Pennywise showed you all these graves and one of them is full? Like, was that not like, it, it's just, it's weird that he doesn't like, they, none of them really mention what they see, but even mm-hmm. when they start talking about it, I don't know if it's like a memory thing, but I thought it was weird that he didn't mention it to Mike. Yes. I've thought that too. But this last time I was thinking more that like, because he sees it, before he sees Mike. So he might not remember how many friends he used to have. And then, you know, once he sees Mike, it's like, go, go, go. That he probably, he doesn't think about it again until it explicitly comes up. I'm gonna throw some quick stuff at you. Great. Um, 
when he says it's poor town and Mike says still is, I wrote, that's my husband. <laughs> um, this house has the same vibe as his library attic apartment. Mm -hmm. um, it's so sinister that nobody else in the library reacts mm -hmm. when all that stuff's going down. Can we talk about Ben's old ass cell phone? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> to show us how successful Ben is. Yes, because it would have been crazy to have a cell phone in 1990. <laughs> show us how successful Ben is. But he lives in that weird murder apartment. Okay, you you're you're going home with a guy, Rach. <laughs> and he no, no, let me let me finish. Let me finish. You're going home with a guy. You roll on up and he opens up a garage door. And it's a warehouse inside. A barely changed warehouse. I mean, that's another one of those things where it's like, I've seen this movie. I'm I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. Like I think if you go fast enough, the cab is probably still there. Or was he in a yeah. limo? He was in a limo. He was in a limo. Like, hey. Because he's so successful, yes, he didn't even care that he broke his yes, award. His award. I really wanted Eddie to give that old man some licorice. I know, right? Why can't he have licorice? I understand why he can't have a cigar. Why can't he have a little bit of licorice? I know, right? Like, I wonder if they're also being mean to him because the town's evil. I hope they give him some licorice once this is all done. I know, right? He tried to help Eddie. He did. I don't know if he I would love have got it the right way, but... I did love how he's like, I'm 12. And he's like, you're old enough to know the truth. I'm like, is he? <laughs> you're basically a man now. We'll judge that by his reaction, which is running out of the pharmacy. So no, not ready. Oh, I wrote, I know it's Audra's purse, but it could just as easily be a trick. <laughs> and right, no one even, no one even says that. Sorry, I flashed quite forward. I was say, we're jumping if ahead a more. bit. But as I was watching the 2017 one, first of all, I got to a point where I started writing all my notes and doodles. But one of, at one point I wrote, Bill is the head of the group, but he's certainly not the brains. Like his- Girl, <laughs> yes. His, the thing that he does most of all is charge headfirst into danger with no thinking, no plans and no backup. Like they kept that real true in did. both versions. Like, and he's always trying to go by himself. And I'm like, mm -hmm. Bill, shut the hell up. Like, up. that's not how this works. <laughs> um, why, why did we have to bring up Eddie being a virgin, a virgin? We were just going to kill him. Um, so my read of that has always been, if it hadn't been 1990, instead of that, he would have come out as gay. Um, but someone oh, along the line okay. was like, it's 1990 and we don't do that yet, which would have made more sense. Yes. Like it's something that like, you need to tell your friends before you leave, but like your sexual history is not something you need to discuss with your friends that you haven't seen in 30 years. No, it's also like, you feel the need to get that off your chest before you, yeah, no, your read of it makes a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. I'm going to headcanon that. Cool. Uh, then I've just got like my ending notes for the movie that mm -hmm. them forgetting again is cruel and unnecessary. So unnecessary. And the Richie part I've always thought was especially upsetting and mm -hmm. cruel. Because mm -hmm. also that is coded, which yes. thank God we're about to turn the page and go to 2017 where it's no longer coded, but like, um, or just subtext. Mm -hmm. um, but it's especially cruel 
to say that he ends up doing a movie with someone who anyone would tell you looks and acts like Eddie. I know. Like, and he doesn't remember Eddie. Like, I all know. of that is just so mean and unnecessary for our heroes mm -hmm. who like that's not really a hero's ending they no. don't even remember each other nope except weirdly beverly and ben still will yep. will they be like how did we meet i don't know do you, do you think every morning they wake up and it's like 50 first dates where they have to go through and remind each other what they've done oh when Mike's like, I wish I could have done something for Bill and Audra. I'm like, you did. You saved the bike. Mm -hmm. Like you are the MVP mm -hmm. of this whole ass movie. Whereas like in the new version, I think the MVP is Richie. Mm -hmm. um, this was a note from the beginning of the movie, but I didn't think of it till the end. Um, was the fact that when Bill and Audra are bickering before he gets the call, she's like you fucking hate making movies like why didn't you just and he's like i want to spend time with you and she's like you could have just done that and he's like i need to be working and i'm like okay then why couldn't you have been just like in the same city as her when she makes this movie and writing your next novel like you're clearly unhappy being a part i was like there's there's clearly a solution to this bill you're just stubborn <laughs> yeah any final thoughts for the um 1990s version nope nope so this episode really got away from us so we're going to end part one here and we will pick up next week to talk about the 2017 2019 remakes we will see you then